Hey everybody, my name is Luke Brueger. This is the Luke Brueger Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us today. We, we do this podcast on the second Wednesday of every month, and we do it once a month. At least that's how we do it right now. We might, might change that in the future. If you were with us last time, we talked about some benefits of spending time in the secret place. And when I say secret place, I'm talking about spending time alone with the Lord. Something different than spending time at church, not time with other believers. That's important. But what we're talking about is carving out time and investing time alone in your relationship with the Lord. So I'm not talking about saying a quick prayer on your way out the door on the way to work. I'm not talking about uh, skimming a chapter of the Bible real quick or flipping through a devotional. I'm talking about spending quality time alone with the Lord where you're, you are reading God's word and you're praying and you're spending time worshiping. You're just fellowshipping with the Lord, listening for his voice. So we talked about two benefits of spending time in the secret place. One of them was we said that the secret place is a place of strength. The Bible says those who wait on the Lord will renew their strength, that you are, you're built up as you invest time in the secret place. The second benefit we talked about was we said the secret place is a place of formation. As you spend time alone with the Lord in the secret place, he's molding you and shaping you and developing you. We talked about how a baby is formed in its mother's womb. Like it says in Psalm 139, as it's talking about being formed as a baby, it says in verse 15 that you formed me in the secret place. Now, obviously that's talking about a baby in the womb, but there is a parallel of what happens in the secret place with the Lord, that God is, is shaping and, de- and developing us much like a baby in its mother's womb. I shared that a lot of times uh, when I'm spending time in the secret place, the image I have in my mind, uh, I'm thinking about a piece of clay on a potter's wheel, that I'm putting myself in the Lord's hands and just letting him make whatever changes and help develop me into the man that he's called me to be. So that the secret place is a place of formation. Some believers are uh, deformed or underformed because they haven't devoted enough time to be developed in the secret place. So it's true for a baby. It's true for uh, a butterfly. When a, a caterpillar goes into the, the cocoon or the chrysalis, it, it seals itself away in there. It's a secret place. What in the world's going on inside of there? But then the, it emerges as a, a butterfly. There's been formation. There's been transformation. It, it changed. Where did that happen? It happened hidden away in the secret place. So it, it's true for a baby. It's true for a butterfly. And it's true for a believer that we need to spend time in the secret place. It's a place a place of formation. So if you missed last time's podcast, I encourage you to go back and listen to that. And today I want to talk a little more about benefits of spending time in the secret place because it is such a key part of our walk with the Lord and something that oftentimes is neglected. Um, but it's central because our our walk of being Christians, it's it's a relationship with the Lord, and you need to invest in that relationship. You need to fellowship with the Lord. You need to be intimate with the Lord. And the most intimate time you'll spend with Jesus is time in the secret place. Now, when you talk about taking time to spend with the Lord, one of the obstacles or one of the excuses that people often have is that they're, they're too busy. That they, they, don't, they can't carve out an hour or two hours in the morning to spend alone with the Lord. They've got 
They've got things they need to do. They've got to get to work, get the kids to school, go to school themselves. They've got a project that's going on. Uh, they, they've got friends they need to spend time with. I mean, life, life is just so busy and hectic and seems to be getting even more so. And so that becomes an obstacle uh, of why I can't take time to, I'm lucky if I do say a prayer on the way out the door, let alone taking an hour or more to spend alone with the Lord. But today I want to talk about how the secret place the secret place gives you secret passage. So I want to read from Psalm 91. We, we read some of it last time. Psalm 91, starting in verse 1, it says, He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress. My God, in Him I will trust. Surely He shall deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from the perilous pestilence. He shall cover you with his feathers, and under his wings you shall take refuge. His truth shall be your shield and buckler. So it's talking about people who spend time in the secret place, and again, dwelling, spending quality time alone with the Lord. It's a place of intimacy. It talks about uh, being under under his wing, like a baby bird coming up under under its parent wing, drawing close to the Lord, and then it starts to just list benefits the benefits of somebody who's willing to do this. Let me read the next few verses. Verse five says, you shall not be afraid of the terror by night, nor of the arrow that flies by day, nor of the pestilence that walks in darkness, nor of the destruction that lays waste at noonday. A thousand may fall at your side, 10,000 at your right hand, but it shall not come near you. Only with your eyes shall you look and see the reward of the wicked. So he just starts kind of rapid fire listing these amazing benefits for someone who's willing to devote time to dwell, that dwell in the secret place. That speaks of, of lingering there and spending time. He's listing these benefits, but if we, if we skip down to verse 14, the language changes a little bit. And it's not just talking about the stuff God will do. It's kind of third person saying he will do this and he will do that. The language becomes personal. And now God is speaking directly. Verse 14 says this, Because he has set his love upon me, therefore I will deliver him. I will set him on high because he has known my name. So the Lord says, Because he has set his love upon me. Now, where in this chapter, has anyone set their love anywhere? It's talking about the benefits of someone who spends time in the secret place. And then God says, because this person has set their love upon me. Well, when did that happen? All it's, all it's said about this person is that they dwell in the secret place of the Most High. God sees someone who is willing to invest time to dwell in the secret place, God sees that as an expression of love. When you say, God, I just want to be alone with you. I just want to spend time with you. I want to make you my refuge. You're my shelter. I just want to come, I just want to come up under your wing and put my head on your chest. I just want to linger with you. God sees that as an expression of love. And listen to what he says he'll do. Again, verse 14, because he has set his love upon me, therefore I will deliver him, I will set him on high. He lists benefits specifically for people that set their love on him in this special way by dwelling in the secret place. He says, I will deliver him. I will set him on high. Or literally, a literal translation of that is, I will, I will exalt him. When you devote time 
to be alone with the Lord. You're, you're not falling backward. God says, I'll personally see to it that they are, are lifted up. And when God exalts someone, they reach heights that they could not have reached on their own. They're able to succeed in ways that their own efforts would have, would have never brought them to. You can get there quicker. You can get there faster. You can reach higher. When God is the one saying, you know what, I'm going to personally see to it that this person is promoted, that this person is, is lifted high, that this person succeeds in marriage, in the workplace, in their career, because the secret place gives secret passage. I want to look at a story in Matthew chapter 14. In Matthew chapter 14 is the story of when Jesus feeds the 5,000. He multiplies the fish and the loaves. He feeds the the 5,000. It says that there's 5,000 men, not including women and children. They pick up the, the 12 baskets of leftovers. And I want to start reading immediately after that in verse 22. So that's what's just happened. Everyone's just finished eating. They pick up the leftovers, verse 22. Immediately, Jesus made his disciples get into the boat and go before him to the other side while he sent the multitudes away. And when he had sent the multitudes away, he went up on the mountain by himself to pray. Now when evening came, he was alone there. But the boat was now in the middle of the sea, tossed by the waves for the wind the wind was contrary. So the the disciples leave. Jesus sends them away. They take the boat and they head to the other side of the sea. Jesus sends everybody away. It says he kind of dismisses the meeting. And then he goes, he goes up on the mountain. He gets alone to pray. He's spending time alone with the Lord. What, What are we talking about? It's secret place talk. He's spending time in the secret place. Everyone Everyone's gone. He's alone. He goes up on top of the mountain. Why? Because he wants time alone with the Lord. Jesus is investing time in the secret place. Then verse 25 says, Now in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went to them walking on the sea. So Jesus has spent all night alone in the secret place. The boat's being tossed around. They're stuck in the middle of, of the sea. And then Jesus comes walking on the water. But it tells us specifically, it says now, in the fourth watch. At that time, they would divide the night up into four different watches. From 6 p.m. in the evening until 6 a.m. in the morning, there would be four different watches. Each one of them would be three hours. So from 6 in the evening until 9 at night, from 9 till midnight, midnight till three in the morning, and then from three in the morning till six in the morning. That, that was the fourth, the fourth watch of the night. And it tells us that that's the period of time that Jesus arrives walking on the water. Now, why does that matter? I mean, if the story is just about Jesus can walk on water, that's amazing. But if that's all it's about, I mean, who, who cares what time it was? Who cares what time he was walking on the water? The point is he's, he's walking on the water. It, but it does tell us what time. So there's, there's an emphasis in this story on the timing or the, the sequence of the way things happen. There's something that we can learn if we pay attention to that. And the language of timing is woven throughout the story until we arrive at the fourth watch sometime between three in the morning and, and six in the morning. It starts off again in verse 22. It says immediately. So as soon as they're finished eat, eating, They clean up the leftovers, and immediately Jesus tells the disciples, get to the other side of the lake. Get in the boat, 
take the boat and go. There's a sense of, of urgency. After that, it says that he dismisses the crowd. Now, again, 5,000 men, not including women and children. So it, it could easily be 10,000, maybe, maybe 15,000 people. So Jesus probably, he probably didn't just yell, everybody get lost, it, just everybody beat it, get out of here. He's dismissing the crowd. So, you know, hey, everybody, thank you for coming. He's dismissing people. See you next time. I hope you enjoyed, hope you enjoyed the, the meal. I appreciate you taking time. Hope you got enough to eat, all those kinds of, uh, of things. So it's probably some time has elapsed if you're going to dismiss you know, somewhere between 5,000 and 15,000 people. If you've been in church services or revival meetings, a lot of times people will linger afterwards to talk to the person who was, who was ministering. They'll, they'll want to stick around and say something to the pastor or have a word with the evangelist, especially if they were effective, if they did a good job. People want you know, to shake their hand or whatever. Now, if you're somebody who not only ministered spiritually and with the word, but then you multiplied uh, a couple fish and loaves and fed thousands of people, a multitude, people are probably going to want to, to shake that person's hand. So 15,000 people, he's dismissing the crowd. People are wanting to say, Jesus, it's good to meet you. We love we loved what you did with the fish. We're huge fans. Thank you so much. So this is there, there's, there's time that is uh, elapsing here. Then verse 23, it says, And when he had sent the multitudes away, he went up on the mountain by himself to pray. Now when evening came, he was alone there. So it's giving us another marker of, of time. He dismisses the crowd, and then he climbs a mountain. We, we don't know how long that took. I don't know how long it took Jesus to climb a mountain. 30 minutes to climb a mountain? An hour to climb a mountain? We don't know. But all of this has happened from the time that he told the disciples, head across the lake, head across the sea, however much time it took him to dismiss 15,000 people. Then he climbs a mountain, and now, it's just now, evening time. So we, we don't know when, this, when he sent the disciples, but some time has passed, and now it's evening. And then he spends the evening praying, and at, at somewhere between 3 and 6 in the morning, he arrives on the disciples. I'm pointing all this out to kind of get an idea of the, the lapse of time that's taken place that the disciples had, conservatively speaking, probably a 10 to 12 hour head start in a vehicle. They took the boat. They're, they're sailing across the sea. They had a significant head start, but then they get stuck in the middle of the sea and Jesus overtakes them walking on the water. The secret place gives you secret passage. They're in a vehicle. They're, they're traveling across the sea. What's Jesus doing this entire time? He's, he's just spending a time alone with the Father. They're making progress. They're way out ahead of him. They've got a head start. He's just fellowshipping with the Lord, fellowshipping with his Father, taking time to pray alone on, uh, on a mountaintop. While they're rowing, while they're fighting the storm, the wind is contrary, they're trying so hard to make progress, they're doing everything they know to do to move forward, and they're, they're failing, and Jesus comes strolling by, walking on the water. In my imagination, he's whistling. Maybe he's not whistling in your imagination, but he just comes strolling, he comes strolling by. That, that's how the secret place, the secret place has the ability to give you 
secret passage. So when you feel like taking time to spend with the Lord, to invest in your relationship is a waste of time. You're too busy. You have too much to do. You don't, you don't have time to take that hour. You, you've, got, you've got responsibilities and, and let's just be real about it. I mean, that project isn't going to do itself. Your boss isn't going to, you know, that your paycheck, you're going to have to meet the qualifications and get there on time. You've got so much going on that the secret place, you can feel like it's causing you to move further back. You see friends, co-workers seem to be moving forward. You, you don't have time to devote just to sitting alone in a room with the Lord or taking a walk in the woods, just pouring out your heart to the Lord. But no time spent seeking the Lord is wasted time. Now notice, the disciples are stuck. They're stuck. It says the wind was contrary. They're stuck in the middle of the sea. They'd made a lot of progress, but then they got bogged down. Jesus comes walking. He's walking on top of the very thing that they're stuck in. When you spend time in the secret place, you're going to get strength to overcome challenges that other people don't have. You're going to have access to wisdom and insight and ideas. You're going to have a favor on you. There's going to be ways of secret passage that open up by your devotion of what we read in Psalm 91. Because you have set your love on the Lord. How, how do we do that? There's a unique expression of love for the Lord. You say, God, I want to push all my responsibilities aside because nothing matters more than me just drawing near to you, coming up under, under the wing of the Almighty. And God says, I'll see to it that that person is delivered, and I'm going to make sure that that person is exalted. I will set that person on high. The secret place will give you secret passage. Don't buy into the mindset or the feeling that you're, you're drifting backwards or that it's a waste of time or a shrewd, a prudent person, a wise person will get busy with a day and go ahead and get started. You're opening up avenues for success and advancement that when other people are getting bogged down in problems and, and details and circumstances, you're going to have the ability to walk over them and, and make progress, not walk over those people, walk over the problems that are bogging other people down and continue to move forward. And the way that you access that secret passage is by being a person who's devoted to the secret place. It only takes one major breakthrough to vault you to the top favor with the right person, the right idea at work, a solution to a problem. It can see like you seem like other people are moving so far forward and you're falling further behind. But if you keep yourself devoted to the Lord, he'll personally see to it that you you are you are exalted. The secret place gives secret passage. So I, I want to encourage you to make a commitment if you haven't before, make a commitment, carve out time, carve out a place where will you spend quality and quantity time alone with the Lord, praying, reading his word, meditating on the word, listening for his voice, just worshiping him and, and telling him how thankful you are, just enjoying his presence. Just spend time with him. If you haven't made that commitment, you need to do that. Tomorrow morning, what, when are you going to spend time in the secret place? If you have made that commitment, I want to encourage you. Don't feel like it's a waste of time. Don't feel like there, there, you could be spending that time doing something more productive. There's, there's nothing more productive. You're setting yourself up for success as you take time to be formed and shaped and molded and open up doors of secret passage that no one else has access to. There are, there are secret passages in life that the only way you gain access is in the secret place. Let, let me pray for you. Father, I thank you for each person that's taken time to listen to, listen to 
what your word has to say on this, Lord, I pray you would motivate them, stir their heart, give them fresh grace to be people that are devoted to spending time alone with you. Lord, anywhere where the enemies begin to discourage them, it feels like it's a, a waste of time or there's, there's better things that they could do. Lord, I pray that there'd be a, spre- a fresh spark of enthusiasm when it comes to spending time alone with you. Let that time be sweet. Lord, that we would be people that set our love on you. And the way we do it is dwelling, dwelling with you, spending time with you. I pray a blessing on each person, Lord, that's listening. Your favor would be a shield around them. Your goodness and mercy would overtake them in every area of their lives. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Thank you for taking time to listen or to watch. We'll see you next month.